Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack Clifton behind the mic with you uh, this evening and keeping you updated on everything that's happening in the life of our church. We've got a special sermon from Sean Nolan who brought us uh, the word uh, on Sunday's church service. So looking forward to bringing that to you. He's speaking from 1 Corinthians, gives us a really good overview of, uh, of the Bible of Jesus' love for us, I guess, um, how to uh, speak to, to to other people about our faith. Um, he kind of gave a bit of a mention about if we can't explain our faith and we can't explain what Christianity is under two minutes, then we're probably not doing it very well. So looking forward to playing that for you a little bit later on in the podcast. I've also um, got uh, a few messages of different things that are happening uh, around the church as well. As always, you can get in contact with us here. You can send me an email directly if you've liked what you heard or if you've got some suggestions for the podcast, jack.clifton at live.com.au. But let's uh, jump into the different things happening around the Life Fair Church this week on the Shire Salvos podcast. Always lots of exciting things happening in the life of our church, so it is good to know what is uh, happening. A reminder that uh, we are continuing our Ignite series on Sundays, so uh, there is a Bible plan um, that you can follow along there. You can head directly uh, to the link. It's bible.com forward slash reading dash plans slash 31696. That's www.bible.com forward slash reading dash plans slash 3196. So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, a wonderful way to um, get connected with uh, with the group and get connected uh, with the church as well. So would really encourage you to do that. Ignite series uh, continuing each and every Sunday at 9.30am at 11 Pilliger Place at uh, Bangor. Uh, to find out more about how you can give to the ministry at our Shire Salvos Menai location, you can chat to the ministers um, at our church. It's about uh, giving our resources, giving our money, and that can have on changing people's lives. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 7 says, Whoever sows, sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So a I guess it's an opportunity for us as the church to thank everyone for, for what they do and how they bring um, uh, resources to our church, uh, but also to, to perhaps think about uh, giving, um, uh, perhaps think about the amount you're giving and um, yeah, open it up to prayer, open your heart up um, to, to what God is, God is trying to tell you there. So um, some further opportunities um, with giving there. Uh, the Covenant classes, they started on Sunday. So the first um, uh, edition of that was the Salvation Army and Who Are We? So the uh, Covenant classes, if you're not too aware of them, um, is a way, for, uh, a way for us to kind of uh, get in tune and learn a bit more about, uh, about our church. Um, and uh, yeah, Joel Campbell uh, is the person to see um, with that. I know that they've already started, uh, but you can, um, you can still um, yeah, uh, come to the remaining three dates. November 13, the Beliefs of Our Church. November 20, Discipleship, How and Why. And November 27, Mission and Covenant, so uh, make sure you do uh, check that out. Elsewhere at uh, Shire Salvos, there's a bunch of uh, different events happening. Um, the You're the Boss program, uh, it's aimed at young people aged 15 to 25 years. You'll learn how to uh, plan a budget, stick to it, and how you can track your spending and save your hard-earned cash. They'll be hosting a free presentation night at Southern Library on Tuesday, the 22nd November at 6pm, and that's run by Moneycare through the Salvation Army. So you can uh, directly hit the link if you get the newsletter from Shire Salvos, or you can ring the church office as well. Uh, the Encounter, the Night of Prayer and Praise, that's uh, happening next Monday, the 14th of November, and then doubling up on the 28th of November. So that's 7 p.m. up at the Shire Salvos location there at Menai. 
Uh, if you're at church on Sunday, you would have heard Mark mention uh, about the Menai Salvo Store Community Barbecue. So that is happening this Saturday, the 12th of November between 10 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. It's at 778 to 786 Old Illawarra Road at Menai. So in that little um, area where you've, uh, you've, got a, you've got gym, I think you've got the Altitune um, and uh, Shire, the, uh, the, the uh, Menai Salvo Store is there. A great way for us to kind of connect with our local community. A lot of people that are going into the Salvo Stores aren't, uh, aren't Christians, aren't believers, so a great way to to uh, have some presence there of the local church. Michelle Wheatley's been doing a fantastic job in her new role um, working there at Menar Salvos, but it'd be great for us to get out in numbers uh, and get out there as well. 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., uh, 778 to 786 Old Illawarra Road at Menai. We've got a men's event this Sunday happening at church. So uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, myself and Joel Campbell are the ones that are kind of pulling the strings uh, with that. We're going to be having a men's game day. So all sorts of, of different games. We're going to be doing, um, playing a bit of soccer, playing a bit of basketball in the in the inside area of the hall. And maybe uh, if the weather's kind to us, try and get a bit of a backyard cricket game going out in the, in the front lawn or maybe um, over near where the play equipment is. So even if you're not uh, sporty or you're not that way inclined, I would encourage you to come along. It's not just um, uh, playing games, it's, it's connecting with other men, uh, it's connecting in fellowship and, and uh, connecting for the fact that we're Christian men and uh, yeah, we, uh, it's important for us to kind of get together and spend time with each other and um, yeah, I would really encourage you to do that. So that's happening on Sunday, 13th of November, starting at 3pm. You can RSVP to me, my mobile number 0468-528-837 um, or you can contact the church office or contact Joel directly um, if you, uh, you want more information or you want to let us know that you're going to be coming to that event. Elsewhere, we've got the Gingerbread House party that's happening on the 5th of December it's a nighttime event 7 to 9 p.m. at Shire Salvo's Menai so it's $35 for a kit and you have to bring your own lollies um, you can attend in person or you can also pick it up um, from the uh, from the church and do it at home but if you are going to be uh, coming to the event at Shire Salvo's I would encourage you to register. Um, so yeah, again, you can be contacting the church office for that. And I've never been to one. It's obviously a strictly female event, uh, but I have heard very good things uh, in uh, in recent years. And I know at my old church, Nelly Anglican, they used to do that and they used to get a host of people to it. So we'd really encourage you to go there. And, and again, much like the uh, the men's game night um, or game afternoon, uh, just a great way to have fellowship um, but with, uh, with the women of our church. The Boomers and Beyond uh, group, they're having their uh, Christmas party on the 21st November. So in a couple of weeks, um, 11.30 a.m. Uh, lunch is at your own expense, but it is going to be held at Club Central at Menai. So please RSVP to Robin Reeves uh, by November 14. I won't give out Robin's number on here, uh, but you can contact the church office if you want that number, um, or if you uh, you have that number already, you can contact uh, Robin uh, directly. 21st November, starting at 11.30 a.m. and at lunch at your own expense at Club Central at Menai. For 2022, there is going to be a commissioning. So you're invited to attend the commissioning of the Reflectors of Holiness and the Messenger of Reconciliation at Blacktown Salvation Army. That's happening on Sunday, the 27th of November. And also um, be made aware of that last little tidbits of news is uh, the Young Adults Retreat, 17th to 19th of February, 2023. Mark and Lauren Soper are going to be the preachers there um, at the Pitwater um, YHA, $160, although the early bird prices do close on November. November 28, and it will be a little bit more expensive uh, there. And uh, there is some opportunities uh, to serve in different areas of the church. I know we spoke about that at church and also on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, but now with Christmas coming up, there is um, yeah, a myriad of opportunities to, to volunteer. So um, as we heard yesterday in church, um, for gift wrapping, it's Michelle Wheatley um, the, and also the Christmas collecting. Michelle Wheatley is looking after that. For hamper packing, it's Zoe Lang. And Christmas setup and pack down is Joel Campbell. So you can contact church on 9542. 
or you can head directly to the website salvationarmy.org.au forward slash Christmas and you, and you can perhaps get a few more ideas and a bit of more information about uh, what we're going to be doing at church um, around uh, around that December Christmas time there. Into the sermon for this week, Sean Nolan brought us the word and hope that you really do enjoy the message that Sean brings us this week on the Shire Salvos podcast. Good morning, everyone. You all good? Well, um, Kimberly and Blake, once again, congratulations. I think it is just amazing that Kimberly's mum was my school teacher. So, and I was discipled by that school, weren't we, Mark? You know, in many ways, we went to the same school. So, I think it's amazing that she had a hand in discipling me, and I'm here today uh, speaking. So, it's a small, small world, isn't it? So, the Lord has a sense of humour, or He's highly organised, I'm not sure which one it is, maybe, probably both. But this morning, I'm going to be speaking on a simple overview of the gospel. And we're in the fourth week of a series called Ignite, and we're talking about how to... The, 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 the scriptural word would be evangelism. We, we know that word's got some sort of connotations with it nowadays, and so we're just talking about igniting um, Christ in our lives and in the community. And so we're in our fourth week of that series, and today I'm talking about a simple overview of the gospel. And I believe strongly that if you can't explain the gospel in about two minutes, you've overcomplicated it, right? And so to start with, I'm going to attempt to do a two-minute sermon. Are you all impressed by that? Hopefully you're going to be impressed. So, all right, so here we go. You can get your watches out and time me. But um, this verse here, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of God, or Christ be reconciled to God, different translations. And the next slide will bring up uh, simple process of the gospel. That verse I just read, John 3.16 is probably the pastoral heart of the Bible. The, the scripture I just read is the doctrinal heart of the Bible. It talks about the fact that the Lord, our Father, that was reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ, it's an exclusive claim, and that we are to accept, once we accept him, we then go on to be ambassadors of that truth. And the simple New Testament words, biblical words, associated with the salvation and gospel message of the Christian faith are, and they're probably quite familiar to many believers in the room, I would imagine, repentance, believe, or belief, and to confess. And the idea here is that repentance is the overall term, it's the overall sort of catch-all term. If I was to say uh, Salvation Army, I don't think many of us would necessarily think about Menai Salvos. We would think about the global Salvation Army, a very big organisation with probably the millions of members in it, right? Now, repentance is that glo global overall term that catches everything in the Bible. And then when we get more specific, we come to believing. This is where we're getting detailed. And so to believe we have to believe three things. Firstly, that Jesus alone is God, that Jesus saves us from our sin, and that we need to agree that we need saving. Now, embedded in the fact that Jesus is saving us is the idea that he loves us, right? It's, it's kind of a given that if you're going to save someone, you would love them or care about them. And this is the three things we're called to believe, and then to confess is a specific moment in time when you accept that Jesus is Lord, that he saves from sin, and that you need this saving. So to confess is to, in a specific moment in time, where you actualize those three beliefs before the Lord. That's the gospel message. 
Let's go. We can go. The band come up. We're all done. So, no. Okay. So, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. The deceptiveness of Christianity is, is, is in its simplicity. We want to make it more complicated than it is. It's just so simple. Now, the last thing I've got there is to highlight the word drinks. We then repeat this process daily, and that's called living the Christian life. But that's not technically getting saved and the initial salvation, but we then drink daily. Uh, we, drinks means it's an ongoing thing, right? And so that's the Christian faith in a nutshell. Repentance is the overall term. We believe, and then we confess that, and we're saved. And that gives us eternal salvation, and then it gives us comfort and hope in this life through the Holy Spirit living in us. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, because I've only gone for four minutes, and I've got more time than that, we're going to move on, and I'm going to talk, um, I'm going to unpack those simple ideas. Um, and so I'm going to talk about the movements of salvation, which is the main part of my message this morning. And so that's the gospel. If you've had a bad week with your kids, grandkids, boss, whatever, and you've reached your, your limit, which happens, it happens to me sometimes, you have my permission to turn off a little bit. Um, but for those that have got the energy to keep going, um, and I, I appreciate that, I mean that genuinely. I, I've had those weeks where I come to church and I've just, you know, at my limit. And that's why I just did that simple overview at the start, just to uh, put that out there, but we can unpack that a bit more. And so I'm just going to move through this. And so when we talk about the Christian message, there's a number of different ways we can come at it. I want to just come at it straight from the Bible this morning. Just what does the Bible say? What's the biblical idea? And so in the book of Genesis, um, we have the idea, the first movement of the gospel is peace and prosperity. We have peace and prosperity. God is living with man in the Garden of Eden. There's a scripture there. It talks about the call of the day, this idea of just peace and prosperity. There's no separation between God and man. Uh, they say the uh, Garden of Eden was in just in that area there that's on the map there, modern-day Iraq, where the Euphrates River is. And then what happens is that, and I'm sure many of us are familiar with this, there's a separation that comes in because man chooses to sin in the Garden of Eden. And so the second movement of the gospel, and I've just put a summary scripture there that catches it all quickly from the, from the New Testament, is between us and you, a great chasm, which is a separation, has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross from there to us. And so in the Garden of Eden, we then see a, a separation between God and man because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And uh, um, they're obviously led into that by the serpent, which the Bible calls uh, the great enemy of the church, which is uh, the evil one, Satan. And so there's a separation, which is the second movement there of the gospel. And all this happens in the Garden of Eden in the first chapters of Genesis. And then as we move on, what happens is that God initially starts a reconciliation process. And so reconciliation begins. And obviously I'm buzzing through this pretty quick, but you've got the Ten Commandments, and then we move to the uh, reconciliation process that it begins. It's initiated. And here we've got the Old Testament temple, which um, doesn't stand anymore, but they say um, this is the temple mount there. Some others actually think it's in this place here today, which is not for today. We're not going to get into all that. But um, you've got the Old Testament temple, and you'll see the big purple curtain there. Behind that is what's called the Ark of the Covenant. And this is straight out of the Old Testament. King David, King Solomon, all their time, King Solomon built this temple. And the Ark of the Covenant is once a year, the high priest would go in, and he would... Uh, 
there's two angels on top of the Ark of the Covenant, and then there's a little, they'd say once a year there was a manifestation, the Jewish rabbis used to call it the Shekinah glory, we would probably just call it the Holy Spirit. Uh, Once a year that would appear and they would pour the blood onto that, and that would be the atonement for the sins of the people each year. They would tie bells to the priest, and they tie a rope to him, because if he hadn't completed the cleansing ritual properly, he's in direct presence of God, literally right there, and if that, if he hadn't uh, done the cleansing ritual properly, which was quite complicated in the Jewish law, he would drop down dead. And the reason for the bells was everyone outside would hear the thud of the bells and they'd know, whoop, this guy's gone. He did the wrong thing and they'd just pull him out by the rope because no one else would want to go in there, right? I'm not making this up. This, this literally happened. And so it's all legit. And so what happens is you've got this separation still between God and man. And then in this other section here, which is like the other, another part of the temple, you've got the bread table, the light, menorah, you've got the water there. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, I'm the bread of life, I'm the living water. This is all coming out of this Old Testament uh, idea, but there's still a separation there. Once a year, one guy can go in, and if he's lucky, he'll make it out, kind of thing, you know? Then what happens is, and this is where the Christian story starts to become very unique in any other world religion, respectfully, is that that God comes walking up the temple steps, the other end, in baby form. He humbles himself to us because we can't go to him. There is nothing like this in any other world religion of God showing such humility. And just, I don't know what other words use than humility. Um, And then we move on and we get the actual reconciliation then of the cross. Obviously, that child is Jesus Christ. And he dies on the cross for our sins. And Jackie read this scripture, a part of it. For what I have received, I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Uh, the Bible says that, that that curtain, which was about this thick, not wide, thick. It was wider than that. It was that thick. God ripped it from top to bottom supernaturally to make a statement. It's open now. And the people, the Jewish rabbis of the day, I'm not picking on them, but it's just what happened. Uh, They didn't understand that, so they, good old humans, they sewed it back together. God broke the separation, they sewed it back together. And I'm just, for a bit of fun, well, I think it's fun because I'm a theologian and weird, um, but this is actually uh, the place of uh, the skull. It's called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And this is about 150 years ago. I put that photo there because you can see the eyes, nose and mouth there. This is it today. It's now a bus stop. So whenever you get a bus, um, whenever you get a bus, you can think of the Lord, right? That's where he died, right? So I'm not making that up. So there is another location, but that's really the most credible one. And so uh, that's it there today in Israel. And just one thing I just want to bring out is that, and I'm going to give you a little bit of, like, theology, so I apologise if it's a bit, you know, heady or whatever, but just try and, just go with me for about a minute. A lot of you would be familiar with the name Yahweh, which is YHVH in the Old Testament, right? Jesus is a Hebrew name, Yeshua, and it has at the start of it those letters. Yahweh is the first part of the letter Jesus in Hebrew. Did that make sense? Jesus adopts that name because it's the oldest known name with the name Yahweh in it. And by adopting the name Jesus, he's directly linking himself with the God of the Old Testament. And so we literally have Yahweh coming to us in Jesus. And he dies on the cross for our sins. Uh, Theologians use the word he was abased. 
He was literally naked. He was abased for our sins. And I just want to, for a moment, just say, and I say this respectfully, it's not my heart to be rude or disrespectful to other faiths or anything like that, but there's this narrative that goes around in modern-day sort of secular society that all religions are the same. Nothing could be further from the truth. In the cluttered marketplace of world religions, Christianity stands alone at the top because only in Christianity does God do all the heavy lifting. In no other faith does God do all the heavy lifting. In every other faith, you have to prove yourself, work hard enough, be good enough to try and activate a divine transaction for forgiveness. And you never get surety of salvation at the end of your life. In one, modern, in one major faith, I'm not going to say it, they believe two angels follows you, follow you all your life and keep a record of all the good and bad. Oh, goodness me. I'm like a you know, bit of pastor for 18 years before coming here. I'm sure Mark and Lauren and Kim and Stu and Joel and Jess would agree. David, I'm sure all the godly people in the room would agree. Even the godly people like David Godkin, if he angels followed him around even he'd probably have a ledger on the on the bad side you know like so and he's probably our most godly person right so you know so what hope have the rest of us got right so um but in christianity it's all wiped clean because god does all the work only in christianity do you get eternity guaranteed there is no other faith in the world because god is the one who pays for it it's it is inherently absolutely and fundamentally a unique faith in all the world and it's not a white man's faith it's not a black man's faith jesus came from the part of the world that dissects the west the europe europe and africa he was a brown man it's a faith for all people don't let anyone ever tell you that jesus belongs to the european world or this world or that world jesus christ belongs to all people he belongs to the whole world amen all right Next slide. This is basically the simple thing. I've stolen this from my friends at the Billy Graham Association. Cross in the middle, people, God, separation, only Christ can get you across it. Our works, religion, morality, all these things we can try. They're never going to get us all the way across. They're never going to get us to that standard of the Old Testament God. And so Jesus comes and he does it for us. All right. Christianity is not a doctrine to be studied. It is a person to trust, Jesus. Gospel comes from a Greek word. I'm not Greek, so I'm not even going to try and say that because Greek people always, um, they love their language and they always say to me, you said it wrong. And I'm like, I, I know I did. Um, <laughs> um, meaning a supernatural messenger or delegate from God. It's a person, right? Uh, Christianity is not a doctrine to be studied. It is a person to trust Jesus. And we move on. And we've quickly, I'm moving through this very quick, we've got a, a little diagram here of the person of Jesus. And in Jesus, we've got a, um, the fundamental idea of Christianity is that Jesus has two natures in one person, divine and human. And in the incarnation, which is when he comes to us in Mary, don't let incarnation scare you. It's just a word that means carnal. Does anyone like meat, steaks, carnivore, carnal, right? So, yeah, Matt Mitchum's like, yep. Um, so, you know, um, carnivore, Jesus has meat put on him. The Word of God, the Spirit, meat put on him. Divine life comes down to humanity, and then through the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, humanity can go up to God. And so there's, Jesus is literally the bridge. It's not the cross of Christ. It's the Christ of the cross. Did that make sense? 
So you've, Jesus has got a, a foot in the divine world and a foot in the human world. He's the only person that has that in the history of humanity. And he is literally the bridge. And there's a couple of scriptures there. It's so important to read them. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so Jesus is that bridge. It's not the, it's not the cross of Christ. It's the Christ of the cross. Tens of thousands of people died on crosses at that time. It was a common tool for Romans to torture and kill people. It was, the, it was who was on the cross that made it unique. And as we move on, I just want to kind of get into a couple of application points, and I know I'm moving on here, um, but how do we know Christ today? And there's two great evidences for the Christian faith today. Um, the first one is the fruits of the Spirit. The gospel is an eternal message that we see when people live out the fruits of the Spirit. Did you think about it this way? Um, if you go to Miranda, that's a pretty nice shopping centre, maybe Bondi Junction's the ritziest one in Sydney. Is there a shop there that sells peace? No. Some of the ladies are like, well, if my husband bought me one of those Louis Vuitton bags, I'd have peace. You know, like, but, you know, we're in a Salvo church, so you're probably not even going to get a Louis Vuitton bag because all the money goes to the poor, right? That's what should... Pastor Mark's like, yeah, that's right, you know? Um, it doesn't work that way. When you meet someone who has peace... Do you not want that? It's attractive. And three weeks ago, Mark McCrindle gave us the stats for that. So I know I'm right. Um, because he came here and told us that. Same with joy. Have you ever met someone that just has joy? I would imagine Blake and Kimberly, that's what they want. Joy, peace. This is different. The next thing is, the gospel is an eternal message that... Um, is seen through authentic acts of service. Now, we're in a Salvo church, so I don't think I need to spend too much time on this, but let me just tell a little story. When I was working in the fashion world, I was a national fashion manager, and so it's not Christian, so it's R-rated story, so it's not a church story. Right? I was in the fashion world, and my boss, who was not a Christian in any sense of the word, were having a, a sales meeting, and he ordered a Corona, which is how I knew the meeting was over. He'd ordered himself a beer and he ordered the beer and he looked at me and he was not a Christian at all. And he said to me, what's with all that F, B, S, Jesus stuff? And I looked at him. It came out of nowhere. We're talking about sales. I'm like, where did this come from, you know? And I, d I don't know where the answer came from, but I just said, I looked at him and I said, mate, I tried to give him an answer that he could grab, Right? infilling of the spirit god talking to me he's going to look at me like i've had too many beers you know like um i just looked at him and i said mate whenever you go anywhere in the world you'll find two things people suffering and some expression of the church of jesus christ trying to alleviate that pain there is no other entity faith the un anything like it in the world you google maps africa google it there'll be some christian there they might be like this sad, poor, lonely, Catholic nun, just all by themselves, unsupported, but they're there. There's nothing like it in the world, and it's an evidence. There's one major faith in the world, a very large faith, and they're commanded to give 10%. And one of the greatest things they ask is, where is all the money? Because no one ever does anything. But in Christianity, and I'm not trying to be rude, but in Christianity, 
I mean, you wouldn't have to go far. You could go down to Miranda, right, and, and see what's happening there from our church, right? It's, it's, it's such an evidence. And so as we move on, and I'm coming now to the end of the message, there's a scripture here from the leader of the early church that says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Can I ask you, could you do with some times of refreshing from the Lord? Could you do with that? And this gives us the goal of the gospel. So often we think of the gospel as an old white guy, God, sorry, as an old white guy up there ready to pounce. He's like just sitting up there, like with a TV, like Netflix. He's got different channels, and he's like, Sean, oh, I wonder what sin he's going to commit today. Oh, I'm going to lightning bolt him. I love the way he jumps when I do that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's not in the Bible. I don't know where that came from, but it, it's, it's not in here, right? What we have is a picture of a sacrificial God who does the complete 180-degree opposite of that who sees Sean struggling with his sin, comes down, takes my hand, dies for me and says, don't worry, I'll carry all the weight so that you can have all the blessing. And in the Bible account, the, in the New Testament, the word charcoal fire is mentioned twice. We see the Apostle Peter, who became the leader of the early church, sitting before two fires. The first one is a fire of failure. He sits before a fire of failure where he denies Jesus in Caiaphas' house. It's a very well-known story. It was cold and the servants and officials stood around the fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing there with them, warming himself. And then he denies Christ before this fire. The second fire we find Jesus before is the fire of restoration. And this is now at John 21, a little bit later, and this is the actual beach in Tabka in northern Galilee. The Christians built, there's a, there's a rock there, which is, they say, where the, where the situation happened. And Jesus has breakfast with the Apostle Peter. And he, said, he restores him before this fire. He had a failure, and then he brings him before the fire of restoration. And in the, old, in the Bible, coals, fire, represent purity, spiritual purification. And you know the story, a lot of you would be familiar with it, where he says, come and feed my lambs and all that kind of thing. I'm not going to go through it all. But the point is, Jesus brings Peter through a fire of failure so he could see his inability to live the Christian life. And then he brings him to a fire of restoration where he realizes, Galatians 2.20, that it's actually Christ living through him by faith. And the Christians, good old Christians, we like to shrine everything. So there's a, they build a church on top of it. They put a shrine there. Um, I had a, when I was, I, a few years ago, I had a, a Lebanese friend that he used to say to me as a joke all the time, we like to concrete everything. Christians like to shrine everything. You know, we're just like, oh, did something good happen there? Oh, Mark moved in the spirit. Let's shrine it. Bang. And so we put a shrine there. But it's not about the shrine. It's about what this stands for which is a God of eternal love and kindness offering to restore every one of us today. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And we have this picture of us on, either, of us on the other side of God and this great gap in between and Jesus in the middle saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father but through me. Can we stand together? And I want to say this scripture together. Can you, if you feel comfortable, if you don't, there's no, no forcing on you. But if you feel comfortable, would you read this scripture with me on the count of three? One, two, three. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What we're going to do now in an atmosphere of prayer, stay standing with me. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer in response, and then I'm going to hand over to the, the team. But if you feel comfortable, I want to offer you an opportunity to either accept Christ the first time or rededicate your life to this simple gospel message. Maybe other stuff's come in and you feel like you've been sitting before a fire of failure like Peter. Okay, push that to the side now and come before the fire of restoration. Amen? See Jesus saying, just come and have breakfast. It's so simple. And we're going to go through a prayer of repentance. And I'm just going to lead us through this simple threefold things to believe. And we're going to confess that together. You just say it quietly in your heart. You don't need to say it out loud. It's not about embarrassing anyone or making a point. It's just about you connecting with the Lord. So if it's for the first time or it's for the 50th time, now I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you just say it in your head, just quietly in your mind, back to the Lord if you feel comfortable and feel led. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you loved me and died on the cross for my sins. I believe that I need saving. And I believe that I am restored through you and you only. I confess this today at Menai Salvation Army this Sunday with my brothers and sisters in Christ present. And together, all God's people said. And if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it in your heart, can I just encourage you, come talk to Mark, Kim. Tell your Bible study this week. Tell someone so they can just come alongside you and encourage you. Amen. Great to have Sean bring us the, the word he's preached a couple of times at our church. And yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that sermon. Um, yeah, really, uh, really topical to speak about um, what, uh, what he was mentioning and how we can be speaking to, to others about our faith and, and how we can be spreading the word of Christ, especially around this time of the year. We're getting towards Christmas where it can be a tough time for people, um, whether that's people in the church or outside of the church. And, and sometimes people are kind of looking for um, a, a reason for the season, so to speak, and are looking for for something to kind of clamber to, something to uh, get hope from, and, and it can be a really valuable um, message for us to be, yeah, talking to our our coworkers, talking to our friends in the in our cricket teams and our sporting teams. Um, yeah, it can be a really important time because although it is a happy time for a lot of us, it, it is also not the easiest of times. And and if that's you, then please do reach out. Um, everyone here at Shire Savers would love love to give you a helping hand, especially uh, through this time of the year. Big thanks to all of you that are tuned in to the podcast. Uh, we we really enjoy bringing it to you each and every week and uh, we're going to continue to bring that to you uh, as we uh, we continue to, to move move towards Christmas. But that's all we have for this week on the Shire Savers podcast. I'll see you next Tuesday for more of the same. But until then, stay safe. God bless. We'll catch you next week.